three, two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And folks, you know that we love positive people here on the No Outlet Podcast. We love people who focus on solutions rather than problems. It's easy to whine and complain and moan, but it's not as easy to take action and to fix something. We also love people who may be put into a tough position, and instead of letting that position define them and using it as an excuse for perhaps not accomplishing something, they work harder and they stay focused on their goals. And of course, you know we love kind, thoughtful, generous, and funny people. And with all that said, it's very safe to say that we love our guest tonight. He made a move that many of us would have had a hard time even thinking about, but not this guy. He moved from the Dominican Republic, uh, only speaking Spanish, found himself in a high school chemistry class, and now many, many years later, he is a successful, happy, married professional living in Boston and loving life. Proof positive, my friends, that no matter what you think about where you are and how rough you may have it, if you stay positive and focus, you can work through and pass anything. So without any further delay, please give a warm, no outlet welcome to Juan Matias. Juan, how are you? <laughs> wow. What an intro. Wow. I wrote it myself. Wow, I'm, I'm great. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I'm great. Thanks for having me. How um, are you? I'm outstanding. Uh, it's a pleasure. We are going to play a game called 20 Questions. And just to keep things simple for me, I always start at the same place, and that's question number one. Question number one, what is up with all the bunnies infiltrating Boston? <laughs> Oh, wow. that's a great question. I, you know, I run in the mornings, early in the mornings, and I see, I see the bunnies. Uh, it's it's hard to escape them. Uh, I don't know. I I do like it though. I'm I'm in for the bunnies. They they bring. You know, I I prefer bunnies than rats. Um, I've, yeah. I lived in New York for a while, and uh, there are no bunnies in New York. They're just rats. Um, not sure where they come from, but I'm in for the bunnies. I, I love the bunnies. Yeah. I mean, certainly given the choice between bunny and rats, I take bunnies. <laughs> and the thing with bunnies is, like, unlike, you know, because some squirrels are kind of aggressive and, like, pigeons yes. don't mind, like, coming up and getting into your business. But bunnies typically just want to get away from you, which is, um, yeah. you know, perfect. And they're, and they're cute. Yeah, and they're cute. That's true. They're cute. All right, so let's ask let's ask a, a question about your background. Um, so I mentioned briefly in the intro, we're going to get into all kinds of detail there, but you you did move over here from the DR. You didn't speak in English. What precipitated that move? When I think you were what a junior in high school. What what was the impetus? What happened to get you to come to the U.S.? Yeah, I. I moved to the U.S. when I was 15 years old. I came with my family. Uh, we're from a, a, a town in the northern side of the Dominican Republic called Santiago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd say, well, it was my parents' decision, uh, but I think the overall goal was 
to move his family uh get to a better better future um you know better opportunities so the whole family uh, moved together it wasn't like you moved with one of your parents you everyone moved together actually uh yeah the whole family eventually moved together uh at first it was my mother and my sister yep and then my dad joined us a year later um yeah, it was a, a family decision, um, searching for better life, better yeah. opportunities. Wow. As so many people do every year, right? Yeah. Um, and that's really what this country is all about, and I think sometimes we lose sight of that. So you come over to the U.S., um, you, you don't speak English, the whole family moves over. I love that. How long did it take you until you were, you know, speak maybe not being like you know maybe not having a debate in english but where you could pretty much understand everything that was being said and you could also communicate back yeah uh so yeah the whole family moves over uh, i'm a junior in high school have no idea what's happening uh, i remember i used to carry a dictionary uh Google Translate was a thing, but I didn't have a phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I used to carry my my dictionary, and uh, in every in every class, I would translate uh, whatever word I didn't understand. Uh, I, I'll say the first uh, the first six months to year. Uh, wow. It took me about that that time to figure out my way around. Um, I started asking for help eventually, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like more help than usual. Um, you know, I became friends with the secretary, with the principal, Smart. um, started to become more comfortable. Uh, so I also made a conscious decision, uh, to befriend those students who didn't know any Spanish, yep. uh, uh, which helped me a lot. And, uh, yeah, that that was that. I think that was the toughest. And for anyone who moves from another country, uh, it's is the language. It's the, the 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 first barrier that they have to overcome. Of course. Um, I, I I wouldn't say I I I know English. <laughs> I'm still learning. Uh, but I you know the first six months to a year were critical for me. Um, so I had to learn English and then graduate high school. Made sure I got all my grades together. Then I applied to college, um, and uh, I I wouldn't have done it without all the help that I received from my teachers and, and my friends. That's amazing. So, was that New York City or was that in was that in Boston? That was New York City, uh, Brooklyn, New York. Yep. So I'm imagining that you you get to New York and you probably and this is a guess, but you probably weren't the only student that was in that position, right? I mean, there was probably a lot of kids. Well, maybe not a lot, but there must have been somebody else no. that didn't speak English, right? No, you're right. There were a lot, actually. Okay. Uh, one of my best friends was, he was one of them, but there were a lot of students um, who were in the same position, in the same boat. Mm. You know what's interesting? Um, so we, we, I saw this across many of my friends. Uh, they had a choice to either continue in school or get a job. Mm-hmm. And many of them uh, took the, the second route uh, to get a job because mm-hmm. it was easier. The family needed the help. Right. Um, they probably didn't uh, 
prioritize education in the same way. Um, and, you know, sadly, that's the reality of a lot of people. They, um, they have to choose between a job or school. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, and it, I love the way that you point out that you intentionally, you know, made friends with people that didn't know any Spanish because if you had taken the easier road in terms of communication, just stuck with all the people that, you know, only knew Spanish, you, you probably would have learned English eventually, but you wouldn't have learned it as quickly. You wouldn't have been as comfortable. And, and who knows, maybe you might have gone closer to that first uh, or that other path of just getting, you know, just getting a job. So uh, smart decision that, I mean, I don't, when I was 15, I was an idiot. You, you were making very wise decisions at 15. Like, I'm sure and, you were not. Oh, trust me. Um, but you were making decisions that, with, realizing it or not, were such long-term, big-picture decisions. You know what I mean? Like taking Because mm. it would have been a lot easier to go get a job, make some money, not have to deal with the school rules and it would have been easier to hang out with people that only spoke Spanish, but you didn't do either one of those things. So that's awesome. So what was the biggest difference um, for you? Like, like when I, when I think about, I was thinking about somebody moving from one country to another, you know, was, was fashion a big deal? Like when you came, were all of your clothes, Mm -hmm. like uh, were they fine or were, were kids kind of pointing (laughs) out the fact that they weren't fine? Like what did you find to be the biggest obstacle? Obviously let's put, language off to the side but was it social was it was it fashion was it music what was the biggest difference yeah wow that's a great question uh i would say i mean all of that of course um culture was definitely a shock and i would say surprisingly and maybe weirdly also uh history (laughs) Uh, I remember in being in history class, learning so much about U.S. history that I don't know. It, like I knew about the United States, but I didn't know how rich and how complex the history of the U.S. is. And mm-hmm. yeah, we're talking about like the crazy problems that we still have to this day. Um, but f- like for me, learning that was an adjustment. Um, because we see the U.S. as this great country, um, yeah, we have a lot of problems like sure. any other country. That's right. Um, so I guess my in my 15 year old reality, um, uh, that was that was a shock. Yeah, no, that that's really cool because you don't. I mean, when you think about history, like you're only learning the history of the country that you're in. So now that I'm now that you're saying that out loud, it's like. That makes perfect sense. Like, I've never studied Dominican history, but I bet, I mean, I do know some of it because my dad lived there for a while, but pick any country and it's not as easy to to become assimilated. So that's really interesting. How about music? So when you came over at 15, (laughs) you must have, you know, had your favorite artists that were Dominican, I'm assuming. And then you come (laughs) over here. Did you all of a sudden, did you keep following those artists? Did you pick up new musicians that you were a fan of? I mean, do you still follow some Dominican artists today? Like, tell me about your musical taste. Yeah, uh, this is a great question. Um, and it's funny because, you know, back when I was in the DR, uh, I remember singing and listening to um, English music music, uh, and not knowing what the lyrics meant. Uh, not 
Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you would you would sing. Uh, it's like when people listen to the Sofito. I'm sure they probably don't know what the whole lyrics say, but they just sing it and they dance to it. Right. Um. So I feel the same way about uh, music. When I was there, then when I moved here, I was able to understand um, the lyrics. Yep. And that uh, uh, like gave me so much perspective. Uh, like, for example, I would listen to Eminem when I was in the VR. Uh, I wouldn't know what the lyrics meant, uh, but I sure. thought, wow, it, it, I can tell it rhymes. I don't know what half of the uh, words say. Right. Uh, but then I come here and then I'm able to understand. Uh, but in terms of what I liked in high school, I don't remember um, yep. exactly, but that, that was a, a revelation for me. Um, the being able to understand a lot of songs that I would listen to back home and then and then now he understand the actual meaning. Sure. No, that makes perfect sense. So so you come over here, and I know that you didn't take a full-time job because you stayed in school, but did you get like a part-time job, like working at a fast food place or a store? Like what was your first, even if it wasn't in high school, what was your first job that you had in America? Yeah, so my first I was actually in high school as a uh, office aide. Uh, oh. So I think that's how I became friends with the principal and the secretary and the staff uh, because my first job was uh, helping out uh, in the office. This guy is a strategist, folks. He understands <laughs> how to make big moves. He knows, it's like, all right, this is the office that runs the entire school. I'm going to help them. I'm going to get a job there. Smart move. Okay, so you mentioned earlier that there were some teachers that really helped uh, along the way. And I'm assuming that when you get to a point where you can start applying for colleges, that was a big part of it. Um, so, number one, is there a particular teacher that you'd want to give a shout out to now? And then number mm-hmm. two, what was your thought process like when you were thinking to yourself, okay, well, now I'm going to go to school. Where am I going to apply? What do I want to study? How did that work? Yeah, I uh, shout out to Ms. Sanchez, uh, Ms. Sanchez and, um, and um, Maggie. Um, so, yeah, uh, I had many teachers, uh, but I would say Ms. Sanchez, uh, this is the type of teacher that they stay after school. If they have to pull any connections to help mm-hmm. you take an exam on a weekend, she would do it. Uh, this is the type of teacher she was. Um, uh, she was very um, impactful in my in my um, my high school years. I love and it. yeah, and then uh, to the college graduation, I had. Uh, um, Maggie, she was uh, she was uh, an advisor uh, for the school. Uh, I forgot her exact title, but she was the MVP. Uh, she will help. She will help you be on top of your application. Make sure the deadlines are met. Uh, your essays are correct. Uh, if you need uh, money for an application or an SAT, she will be the one to find you um, any help that you need. And then uh, to answer your questions on the applying, um, Maggie was um, to the help uh, all along. I, it's funny. I never. I haven't thought about that in a while. Uh, are you bringing a lot of great memories? 
without question. Nice. That's <laughs> what we love to do here. Um, but yeah, I, I, those were uh, very important figures um, in my high school. So years. where did you go to college? So I, so this is this is a long, a long answer. Um, oh, that's okay. <laughs> so I finished high school uh, in two years. Two years I learned English, finished high school. Um, I go to a community college, BMCC, uh, mm-hmm. Borough of Manhattan Community College, just because I couldn't get the SAT scores that I needed um, at the time. I took it three times. Uh, oh, every time I got a higher score, yet it wasn't enough uh, to get into the schools that I wanted. So that was the best, uh, best thing that could have happened uh, because by going to BMCC, uh, I was able to get a full scholarship wow. uh, to transfer to NYU. Amazing. So, uh, yeah, God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> so, and, so you ended up getting your degree from NYU? So, yeah, exactly. I I finished uh, the two years at UNCC and then uh, two more years to get my undergrad uh, at NYU. So what brought you to Boston? That's a great question, Ethan. I'm still figuring it out. (laughs) (laughs) We we can come back to that in a couple years. (laughs) Welcome back. Ask me again in five years. Uh, Well, well, I wanted to pursue a master's degree um, and get a new job. And then Boston provided both. There you go. Love it. That's awesome. Now, do do you have dual citizenship are you still a citizen you've obviously you're a citizen of the dominican you're a citizen here so you've got passports from both countries yep that's correct amazing that's so cool that is something that is so valuable you know it's like having the ability to have a country like dominican be your your birthright citizenship home if you will and then to be a citizen of the u.s as well is really cool um so how often do you go back home I try to go every couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents go every year, uh, but I have not been since before COVID. I'm yeah. planning to go next year, God willing. So when you go back, like the, and it's been a while, so this is going to test your memory, but um, when you go back, do you feel like, because you've been here for a long time, I think... I don't know exactly how old you are, but it's probably been close to half and half, right? Half here, <laughs> half there. Maybe yeah. a little bit less. What What do you mean, sorry? So, in other words, I'm just going to come out and say it. Are you about 28, 30, something like that? Yeah, yeah. I'm 29. Okay, there you go. I'm pretty Almost close, over right? the line. <laughs> so, so, so pretty much half your life was in the DR, half your life was here, right? Correct, so, yeah. when you go back, do you feel like you're going home or do you feel like mm. you're visiting? Oh, these questions are great. Um, <laughs> you, yeah, great questions. Uh, so it feels like I'm visiting. Um, Interesting. And it's it's you know it's it's a mix, but it feels like I'm visiting. Um, just because every time I go back, things have changed so much. Um, I'm. Yeah, it's even culturally, uh, it, 
it changes that I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to catch up uh sometimes when I go back. So I would say um US feels like home and there feels a little bit like home because I have family. Of course. Uh, but it does feel like I'm missing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um okay, so you move over here, the food I've had food in both countries, so the food's a little bit different. <laughs> so was there uh, was there an American food that you hadn't really experienced in the DR that you're like, oh my god, that is so good, and I want more of that? Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Okay, any type of food? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. You know, in the DR, we don't. I, I guess there's not a lot of fast food yep. places. Um. There is fast food, obviously, but not in the, you know, like a chain, I would say, like a, a franchise. Um, yeah, I'll say, I would say waffle fries from Jake Filet. Oh, dangerous. <laughs> those, are, those are what you call dangerous right there. So how about the, the flip side of that question? What's a food that you really remember fondly? you know, as as a, kind of like a staple in the DR that you that you can't really get here. Maybe maybe they have it, but it's not quite the same. Like you remember it tasting a little bit different in the DR. Mm, that's a good one. Uh, yeah. mm, I would say I would say that, Well, that that one's tricky because, like the, there's so many Dominican restaurants in New York and Boston. Right, I was I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah. Like if you if you look hard enough, you might find anything. Um, it might not taste like home. Um, Mm -hmm. but you might find pretty much everything. I don't. I can think of a specific one. No, that I I was kind of thinking that you might say that because I mean, the, especially New York, like you can go. I've talked to people that are from Ethiopia, that are from you know, Japan, the DR, every part of the world, and they've all said the same thing, which is that if you look hard enough in New York, you can find food that is as authentic as it gets, almost identical to what you would get. You know, in their you home, find it. you can find it. There might be a slight variation of flavor just because, you know, the water is a little bit different. The ingredients are a little yeah. bit different. You know what I mean? Like the type of ovens they use might be a little bit different. But at, at the end of the day, it's very, very close. So that's that's not surprising. Um, OK, yeah, so let's no, actually oh, go ahead. Sorry, there was no, no, please. Something came to mind. Um, there is this dessert. dessert. Um, it's called Maharete. And it's. It's corn. It's it's like a corn pudding. Okay. Um, I have not seen that here, oh. and I really like it. My dad, um, my dad when he was little, this we wouldn't buy him cake. Uh, it's a it's a so this dessert made of corn milk. It's like a pudding. Yeah. Um, so that that's that's one. There you go. That's a challenge to all the Dominican restaurants out there. Go get go, go get to it, guys. Um, okay, so you you told me we we take an improv class together, and you told me early on that you like to you like to try something new. I think you said every month or every so often. 
Um, and you, you've started running and you played pickleball and you took improv and you're doing all these different things. So, which I think is such a cool way to live life. I think everybody should try something new because it, you know, expands your horizons as a person in general, but it also gets you to kind of meet new people and try new things. And even if you don't end up sticking with whatever you've tried, there's an, an inherent value of just the act of doing something new, right? So I think that's so cool. What's, of all the things that you've tried, what's the thing that you've tried that you have liked the most? Hmm. Uh, I, well, I'll say first, I think each thing that I, I get to try their, their own cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was to pick one, it has to be improv. Um, there you go. And, <laughs> and, you know, I don't know. It's like the, the one, it has been the, the, uh, the one that has lasted the longest. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It, it doesn't compare the joy that it brings me every, every week and the great people that I've met. I agree with all that. So it's, I think I highly recommend it to everybody, but it's very well said the, what you just, how you put it. So what has been the opposite end of the spectrum? What's something that you tried and you were like, Oh man, this is definitely not for me. I'm not doing it again. Whatever reason there might be. Oh, uh, I wouldn't say that I did not like it. Uh, but it, it was probably the most challenging one. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and it was uh, 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 doing a, tri- a triathlon. Oof. I, it's just the training and everything that it requires. I do enjoy the the, the fact of training for it, uh, but it's one of the hardest things that I've, that I've tried this year. Yeah. Um, my daughter and her fiancé, uh, trained for a triathlon last year. And she said that they both said the same thing. And, and they're both like, they're athletic and they're younger. And, um, well, she's younger. He's, he's not younger. Sorry, Matt, but you're, you're an old guy now. Um, but they, but they tried really hard. Like they, you know, for a couple of months beforehand, they were, they didn't really know how to swim or I shouldn't say that my daughter, they both know how to swim, but not like, Hey, let's go swim, you know, a mile or mm. whatever, you know what I mean? Like, right. it's not easy to swim. So they were training, swimming, training, biking. Uh, and they, they did it just to say that they could do it. And they both said the same thing afterwards, <laughs> which was, it was the hardest thing physically that they had done. And both of them played soccer collegiately. Like they're both athletes. Wow. You know what I mean? So, uh, triathlons, no joke. Did you do, so did the one that you, they did like a mini triathlon. It was like, um, you know, bike, uh, I think sprint. it was, was it? Go ahead. The sprint. Yes, sprint that's exactly triathlon. what it was called. It was a sprint yeah. triathlon. That's the, is that what you did too? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the one I did yeah. as well. I mean, it's, it, they make it sound like it's easy, but it's not easy. I mean, you're still, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're still yeah. doing everything. Yeah. When you describe it, oh yeah, it's just swimming, biking and running. <laughs> it sounds simple, right? <laughs> Right, I'm very it's simple survival. <laughs> How many UFOs have you seen? Oh, uh, unfortunately, not 
one yet. <laughs> However, uh, I think <laughs> I like that optimistic. I, I wish, yeah, I wish I, uh, I wish I could. I, I think one time I thought I did, but it was just a plane. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's honest. That's honest. And yeah. there's, uh, yeah. I didn't see one until, oh my God, three, two or three years ago until I was 50. I've only seen one. But let's just imagine that not only did you see a UFO, but let's say that UFO comes down, an alien gets out, <laughs> and somehow he's made it so that nobody else can see him but you, right? And he comes up to you and he says, Juan, I've heard a lot about you. I've heard a lot of great things. Um, and we are really tired. We're, we're traveling through the galaxy and we need a pick me up. We need a really good cup of coffee. In fact, we need <laughs> the best cup of coffee we can get in the city of Boston. What do you tell that kind alien? Wow. I would tell the alien to go to downtown Boston yep. and find Gray's Note. Uh, that is a coffee shop, uh, Really, very close to South Station. Uh, that's where I get uh, coffee every Wednesday with my with my coworker Kevin. Gray's and it's, uh, note. Probably one of the best. Gray's note. Like gray's, like the color, or grace. Grace, grace, like amazing grace. Oh yeah, uh, grace. Cool. Yeah, uh, they started as a cart, like a, a coffee cart, and then um, uh, they became a, a an actual shop, coffee shop. Good for really them. great coffee. Shout out to Grace Note. I love that. So <laughs> when you're not um, uh, running or chasing rabbits or doing improv or doing triathlons, <laughs> and you're just at home relaxing, um, and you're and by the way, you're not studying. You're still in school too. Uh, what's your favorite TV show right now? Just to sit down and Ooh. relax and enjoy. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> great question. I I really enjoy this is my favorite show right now and it has the potential of being my favorite show of all time. It's oh. called While We Do in the Shadows. Oh, I love that show. Right. It's so good. <laughs> oh <my It's>, <laughs> Nobody every time you I know, ask somebody about that show, they're like, Nope, never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. It it has everything. Uh and I think I I enjoy I really like it because I didn't know what to expect, and then I it was a great surprise. So what season um, are you on? I I finished. It. I'm waiting for season six to come out. Okay, me too. I, but but I I I rewatch it. Uh, uh, Julie, my wife, she's she's still a couple seasons behind, and I rewatch the episodes with her. Have you seen the movie too? Show. I haven't seen the movie. Um, yeah. But I've seen clips on YouTube. Um, I don't know. I just I'm so protected of protective of of the memories I have of the show that I'm afraid if I watch the movie, it might change it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I think what you'd find. I mean, honestly, I've seen both, and if you've seen the entire series, you don't really even have to watch the movie because the movie is a, a basically it's like the first two. It's not a, a direct copy of the first you know three episodes but a lot of it is very similar like they're laying out okay. the groundwork you know they're kind of they're introducing all the different characters the different vampires for those of you in the studio audience and listening at home that have not seen or heard of this show it's an amazing show on hulu 
Um, and it's basically this house of vampires that, you know, ha- and, and it sounds like, like a stupid premise for a comedy, <laughs> but it's some of the most intelligent comedy that is on TV. It is so funny yeah. and so smart. Highly recommend. Great answer. Yeah. All right. So um, if you were going to spend 10 days, uh, in fact, maybe the next 10 days doing anything, what would you choose mm-hmm. to do with the next 10 days of your life, Juan? Wow. Would you perhaps meditate? <laughs> oh, wow. I, see. <laughs> I see the framing for this question. <laughs> uh, well, if I had a choice, I would probably do something else. Uh, <laughs> however... <laughs> uh, I meditation sounds great. I might just do that, you know. Okay. So this is the this is the secret language of guys right here. So what what Juan's <laughs> saying is this was his wife's idea. Is that true? <laughs> no, 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 no. 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 Okay. Uh, you know no, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so so wait, let let's be clear, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was this your idea? No, it was it was my idea. Okay, um, okay, okay, good. So it's one of the it new things like, you're yeah. trying. It's one of the things I'm trying. Now, is this um, one of those things where you go and you don't speak for 10 days? Is it one of those? Because I, I, I have that's right. no kidding. Yeah, you take a vow of silence uh, the second day and you don't speak for 10 days. Holy moly. I couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go nuts. I mean, wow. <laughs> so how many people um, are, are in the group? with you that are taking the same vow uh everyone 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 no but i mean um, like how many people go do you know oh like total the, yeah. um i don't remember i mm, i don't remember i, I don't want to say a number app but it's, it's a, a couple hundreds um a couple uh, of and, hundred and, yeah uh <laughs> And they, they, yeah, uh, male and female, everybody gets, they get divided on their side. And um, have you done this before or anything like this? I've never, never done this before. Uh, In fact, my relationship with uh, meditation is, it's weird. (laughs) Um, But I'm trying it and I'm excited. So uh, when you say it's weird... Um, are you, cause it's, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. It's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard to do it right. Like, because what I find every time I try to meditate and I've tried a number of times is that, cause the whole idea of meditation is to clear your mind of all thoughts. Right. I think that's mm-hmm. the idea. And what I, what I've found is that I'm not very good at it and I can get, and like, you know, maybe, maybe five seconds, 10 seconds, and then something will pop in my brain and it's like up start over is is that what you mean by your your relationship is is challenged because of that yeah partially yes okay uh, i think everyone starts when anyone starts meditation that's that's usually the experience um and a, a com i would say a, a common misconception is that that we meditate not not to have any thinking any thoughts Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not true. We can never stop our brain from thinking. We probably don't want our brains to stop yeah, thinking. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but what I what I mean when I say weird, uh, it's exactly that. I I think um, the intention uh, for meditating has changed, or I would say evolved for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, in which uh, what I mean is like at first, okay, I want to meditate to feel good, um, but that was foul. That that was not a. Um, I was I was. I found disappointment uh, because you don't feel good by meditating. Um, well, sorry, let me let me rephrase that. Um, that should not be the motivation to meditate. Okay. Uh, instead, something that I've been trying more recently is to reframe the relationship with my thoughts, and meditation happens to be a tool for me to accomplish that. I like that. That's very well said. Okay, so there you go. So that's, uh, I mean, I think anything that's worthwhile is going to feel a little bit uncomfortable, right? Um, right. So that that's cool. And, and that is a part of, like, they do say that um, in the retreat, uh, this is, it's that's part of it. Um, and what you work, what you work on is acknowledging that thinking, okay, this is uncomfortable, I don't want to do this. Or maybe you're thinking about, you know, planning revenge in your mind while you're meditating or mm-hmm. some random something. Mm-hmm. So it's just acknowledging those thoughts and being present um, in the moment. And I don't know, you know, I'll tell you, let's do another interview when I come back. And I will tell you all the secrets that I learned because I, I'm still learning myself. I would love that. So have you done <laughs> a retreat like this before? Uh, no, I have not. Amazing. Well, I can't wait to hear about it. That's really so. That means you're not going to be in class Thursday. I won't be in class Thursday. Sorry, I, I'm going to miss you guys. That's all right. We'll do we'll do all the talking for you. That's totally fine. No problem. <laughs> all right. So, people from Boston, you you live in Boston proper. Uh, people from Boston sometimes get a bad rap for being rude. Um, you know, so if you compare. You, and you obviously lived in New York as well, but let's just talk about Boston. If you compare the people that you've met by and large uh, or that you've bumped into just from being in the city to the people in the DR, do you think that the demeanor <laughs> of people in Boston, uh, do you think that the perception of them being rude is is fair, accurate, or do you think it's blown out of proportion that people are, are really nice here? I, you know, it's, funny you say that uh i think it's blown out of proportion mm. uh and it's you know it people i think i keep finding people tell me uh the same thing um like i i i think um one of the nicest people i've met are here in boston and then maybe comparing them to uh people that i've met in new york yeah I don't know. I people here are really nice. I agree. Very nice. I, I totally agree. I think it's a I think it's in the same way that the cold weather keeps some people away from New England, I think that <laughs> there are stereotypes of all New England states and areas of, you know, you know, specific areas like Boston that are meant to be, you know, keeping people out and at a distance, but I've worked in Boston, I've lived around Boston, been to Boston since I was a kid. 
and I've never experienced any of that. Now, on the other side of that, the other perception people have about folks from Boston is that they're not the best drivers in the world, right? They use the horn a lot. Uh, maybe they're a little bit aggressive. Um, how about that perception? Would you would you think that compared to what you remember seeing in the DR or just in general, do you think drivers yeah. in Boston are terrible? I don't think so. I think the streets are terrible. Oh, uh, not a driver is. Very good yeah. answer. I like that. Bad streets. <laughs> Blame it on the streets. <laughs> uh, no, I was driving in New York. And, this, you know, the streets are, I guess, they're good. It's, it's a, the grid system works. Uh, but the drivers are awful compared to the drivers in, um, in Boston. Yeah. In my opinion. <clears throat> I agree. Um, I agree. And I think that, you know what, you make a good point about the streets. Like, New York is basically just one big grid, right? It's just horizontal and vertical lines. And the, yep. the, the positive of that is that it's almost impossible to really get lost. Then you come to Boston and it's like, you know, it's like Diagon Alley in Harry Potter. It's like everything <laughs> is like there's one-way streets where there shouldn't be. And there's you can just tell they never really updated it from the old, old Boston, which is kind of cool. Yep. But it makes for a challenging terrain to to drive on for sure. Um, you know, and the other thing too about uh, the the driving. So I I've been to the DR a number of times, and there's a tremendous amount of motorcycles. Yeah, uh, yeah. I yes. was blown away how many motorcycles. I mean, way more than cars, and um, all very skilled. No helmets. Um, no, no helmets. helmets. And the no... whole family of five. Yes. Feet. Yes. <laughs> and and you know what? And knock on whatever I can knock on here. No accidents. Like they all just seem no. so calm and cool. Like just cruising yep. along at sixty, no problem. Everything's fine. <laughs> okay. That's, we. Yeah. Is that is that accurate? Would you say that's true? That's accurate. One hundred percent. Um, all right, so we're down to the last question. Believe it or not, time flies when you're having fun. And the last question, it's it's a big one, okay? So um, that same alien that you told to go to Grace Note, he came Grace back Note. and he's like, he's like, oh, my God, Juan, that was the best cup of coffee. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. And because you gave me such a great tip, I'm giving you an extraordinary piece of power. And that power is that you can actually remove – four American things from everybody's consciousness. So you could just snap your fingers. Four things are gone. And not only are they gone, but nobody's even going to know they ever existed. So it could be a TV show. It could be McDonald's. It could be a type of car. It could be literal a video game, anything. Wow. It could be a flavor of soda. It could be anything at all. And they're gone. What would those four things be? I know the answer. I've been waiting for this question my whole life. Perfect. Perfect. All right, let's hear it. Uh, that would be the last season of Game of Thrones. Oh, very good answer. <laughs> yes. Maybe the last episode. Uh, but, no, you know, just take the whole season. Whole season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. I love it. What a good answer. Uh, Juan, you've been an amazing guest. I meant what I said at the beginning of the show. You were put into a tight spot. You made some really uh, smart and mature and intelligent decisions for someone who was 15 years old and put onto a a foreign turf without any ability to, to communicate the language. 
and you navigated it through to the point where you've got it all figured out, man. And uh, I really admire that <laughs> about you. I'm glad that you decided to take improv when you did because I had a chance to meet you. I'm very glad that uh, I, I got a chance to meet you. And I hope you have the best time ever at this meditation retreat. Um, I hope you keep that vow of silence all 10 days. And um, <laughs> we'll definitely do a follow-up. And I, I want to hear, we'll, we'll make it just solely about the the retreat. Um, and I wish you could see the audience here because they're on their feet. They are waving the Dominican flag. They are, they've got pictures of you on flags. Sincerely though, thank you for taking time out of your day and, uh, for having a conversation with us. I hope you have a, a tremendous evening. Ah, no, this was fun. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Take care. Thank you. You too.